This week on Monero Talk is sponsored by Monero.com Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero safely on iOS and Android too. Monero.com Wallet is open source and you always control your own keys. And by IVPN. Resist online surveillance with IVPN, a privacy-focused audited and transparent VPN provider that accepts Monero directly. Monero.com Wallet and IVPN are trusted and verified by the Monero community. Monero Talk is also made possible from contributions by viewers and listeners like you. And supporting us is easier than ever by typing in our YAT free speech money into your Monero.com or Cake Wallet send address field to send us a tip. This week on Monero Talk. Doug and I headed out west to the Libertarian National Convention in Reno, Nevada, on a mission to find out if these liberty-loving individuals were aware of and already using and spreading Monero, and if not, to find out why. Overall, pretty much everyone shared the concern about the impeding element of traditional cash, but many had not heard of Monero or stopped to understand how Monero is different than all other cryptos and why it is best suited to become the global true digital cash utility we all need. We are happy to report it was a huge success. We talked Monero with tons of people who shared our passion for cash as a necessary tool for free and open societies. Onboarded a bunch of people on the spot to Monero.com wallet with a $10 Monero tip and even made progress towards getting the Libertarian National Committee to accept Monero donations. Oh, and served up fresh gratuitous espresso. None of this would have happened without Monero.com helping to fund our trip and the funds they provided for tips. Thanks, Monero.com. The special edition of Monero Talk starts now. We're live at the Libertarian National Convention. What's going on, man? I don't even think I caught your name. Matt. Matt's my name. Okay. Matt, so uh, what attracted you over to this table? Uh, Monero. Coffee. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm a Monero enthusiast. Okay. So the reason I came today because I'm trying to figure out why more Libertarians aren't also into Monero. What's, what's your take? My take would be a lack of awareness. Uh, you see guys walking all over here with end the Fed buttons and T-shirts and hats and all that. It's, it's an easy way to end the Fed right now, right? Just to with, just withdraw your your own finances from their whole system. Yeah, couldn't agree, couldn't agree with you more. Um, that's basically what I'm trying to find out today. How did you how did you find your way in, into Monero? I mean, you don't, obviously you don't need to give all, all the details. Yeah, yeah, no. Like, what was like the uh, the road to Monero? I I was introduced to Bitcoin in, and I don't know, 2010 maybe. Uh, fooled around with it a little bit. I'm sure there's a laptop floating around somewhere with uh, yeah. <laughs> with a lot of money on it. You know, like mini stories. Uh, and then kind of saw the the transparency of of Bitcoin and saw that that was an issue uh, that you could never like. Bitcoin could just just easily replace the Fed in and and augment their their influence and power, right? Um, without tra- with with the transparency. So if you have you know, obfuscated transactions and obfuscated uh, send receives amounts and you know all that stuff. So originally I I bought some Dash years and years ago because that's kind of how they 
you know, the digital cash thing. That's how they introduced themselves and got into it. And we saw that, that was going nowhere. And the whole privacy by default thing is is what sold me on it. You know, and I, so the two the two I uh, the competing currencies now are Zcash, Monero. I mean, there's like Pirate Chain and all that, but those are the two main ones. And Zcash is just sus from the start, right? Like centralized this this like electronic coin code that's behind it, and I don't know. It's, it just gave me gave me bad vibes, you know. XMR is all decentralized. Everyone's everyone's just there, there's no big centralized you know uh, tax. So. Did you hear Snowden talk this morning? I didn't. No. I, yeah, I missed that. I missed that too. And supposedly there was a Q and A. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he he just came out. He was involved in Zcash somehow, right? Yeah, he was part of the ceremony when they when they launched it. But we tried getting him on our show uh, a year or so ago, and he wanted to get paid like. $20,000 to do it, which is fine. Like, you know, uh, so we offered to pay in Monero, yeah. but then uh, he then no longer wanted to, he got busy. He got busy all of a sudden. So I was like, we're going to do it. You have to accept Monero. Yeah. And obviously the reason I want to have him on the show is because he never talks about Monero. Right. He only talks about Zcash right. and it's, and it's like, talk, like, like you said, sus. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and Monero, like privacy by default, continual, uh, continual implementation of, of uh, improving the protocol, right? Uh, uh, like there's a big community behind it, like the, the cash cards thing where it's just constantly at the top. Uh, Darknet markets are all using it. Like yeah. it, it's, the choice has pretty clearly been made by those who have a real interest in privacy, right? Right. The market that actually cares about privacy 100%. is choosing Monero. Right. So... The market, the market is indicating right, which right. which one so is. A guy like me, who's who's who, it, it falls within not philosophically, but falls within the like I don't really have anything to hide, right? But it's it's privacy um, writ large that makes the difference, right? If 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 only if only you are trying to be private, then they can go. Oh well, this guy's not hiding things. What do you have to hide? And they come after you, right? It's when we all get on the privacy train that true privacy is achieved and it's ne- it's necessary right that's, yeah. that's what we want because when i do have something to hide i'll be able to hide it oh yeah 100 percent. yeah so i am I'm, I'm running into quite a few people that are like oh but how about zcash i feel like there's a some people like from new hampshire i've spoken to today are yeah. saying like Z, you know zcash yeah, yeah. i think it's i just think it's interesting how you see it these things getting marketed yeah. um I don't know what's any. So, I'm like, from birth, I've been like a, a geek tech nerd, but I'm not a programmer. I'm not a dev. I, I don't like. I can't go and review the code myself, right? Like I have too many other things on my plate. I go. I got a, a family and a job and all these things, right? I can't devote my life to to like reviewing the code. So I have to rely on other people who I can trust. Like self self privacy, uh, is, is a guy who looks trustworthy right and, yes, I yeah. him and and um and you, you kind of have to follow your gut right with anything you walk down the street down there and you yeah. see well i mean there's data there's data to look at right yeah, the data yeah. is how many people are contributing to the project right, right. how long have they been contributing right. how long has the code been get, yeah. getting looked at right. who's auditing it right. what are their you know their but abilities even, even that like a non-developer it's hard for me to decipher what's <clears throat> like what's 
what's the truth and what's not. No, I agree. I'm in the, I'm in the same exact boat. Yeah. But I can see the, the people who have a vested interest in the, the, um, the benefits that are, are, are being put out there, right? Monero, the benefits of Monero are being put out there are like privacy by default um, and unbreakable crypt- cryptography, right? Like that's the, that's the main selling point, right? Cheap, fast, mm-hmm. whatever. Like those are not not number one on the list, but number one on the list, privacy, right? And who has a vested interest in uh, uh, in making sure that that's the legit real thing, right? Is darknet, you know, people doing things that they do definitely have to hide, and and those people choose Monero, and then privacy experts who are or, or people who have that developer background who can review the code, who have a cryptography background who can review the code. Uh, and they side with Monero, and they say, "Yeah, Zcash has some cool technology, but uh, the, the whole trustless setup thing was a big issue for a long time." And, and then zk Snarks, yeah, everyone was like, "Yeah, cool, but maybe we can incorporate that in a Monero." Like, yeah, I, I think it's all good. We didn't mean to turn this into a Zcash bat. bat- <laughs> no, but it, you got. That's mostly where you go. Yeah, it's, right? it's getting it's getting brought out because people are talking about it. It's like, all right, so now we have to explain why we think Monero. So it, I don't think there's anything wrong with showing the pros and cons of each. Uh, you make a choice, yeah. right? That's how you make a choice in anything yeah. in, in life. Is like you have option A and option B. What are the good things about A? What are the good things about B? What are the cons? Cons, right? And then you say. I'm going to go here because that seems like the better option. And that's what I came down. Monero seemed like the better option. Same, same exact thing. That's the same, same roadmap. Um, nothing against Zcash, right? Yeah. Like same against, here. You know, Zuko right. seems like a smart guy. Seems like a nice guy. I have interacted with him a little bit. Yeah. I mean, super old school in the community. I mean, he was one of the first guys communicating with, you know, uh, Hal Finney, right? Um, so, yeah. Yeah, OG Bitcoin guy. So, what what brought you to the Libertarian Convention? Uh, I, I I'm a I'm a libertarian like have been forever a small L libertarian, anarchist, or you know, kind of swaying more towards agorism. Came here to kind of see what I could see. What what's your take? It's, it's in town, like my hometown. You know? Oh, okay, it's okay, easy. okay. I can't avoid it. You know? Ten from my house. So, you know, what do you think the future looks like in terms of uh, where we might be headed uh, in the United States with regards to government and liberty and the form of you know government we might ultimately have here? I mean, do you do you see a, a transition taking place with things like cryptocurrency? What's what's your? I know this, is, this is a big question, yeah, okay. but I, I, it sounds like this is something you think about. I do. Right, like you're saying, you're you're an anarchist. So, yeah. let's say you know if that if your philosophy in your mind was the one that that gained market share, what what would that world look like? Well, like the the smallest the smallest minority is the individual, right? The only border is my my border and your border that abuts one another, and and essentially the government is you and your family, right? I mean, that's that's an anarchist. You, know, you can you can read lots of people like Robert Murphy has some stuff on on what what a society an anarchist society would look like or an ANCAP society would look like. Hoppe has his his you know what it would look like. There's, there's lots of opinions, but 
where it's going god man i don't know i think about that yeah. talk to <laughs> I, I like talk to my wife about it and uh, i don't know I, it doesn't look good you know? Doesn't look good. Do you think something like Monero can be co-opted and essentially defanged by the government? Man, yeah, I hope not. I yeah, I hope not either. I mean, I'll, I'm. I got you know nothing. I don't see any other better option. So obviously hoping yeah, that right. you put your eggs in the basket that looks most plausible, right? But, but, but over the last two years, like it. I guess what do you see as the biggest risk to like? Twenty like like. January of 2020, what 2020 and 21 and 22 would look like, I would have been like as wrong as you could be, right? <laughs> like telling Americans that they have to like stay in their house and they have to, you know, do, you know, take these shots that, that, you know, we're just telling you are good and everyone would just be like, oh yeah, okay, whatever. Like, yeah, that, that's the scariest part. Isn't the what the government's trying to do? It's the reaction that the masses are having to it and they're just going a lot. That's the issue. I thought I had a pretty good read on like what people would put up with and what they wouldn't, and dude, I was as wrong as could be. So I don't know. I, don't don't look at me for predictions, I guess. I feel like that, like the libertarian movement, and you know, these ideas we're talking about is, is a growing trend. I feel like. I know, but I've been wrong so much. I'm like twice, you know, twice bitten, you know. Especially as crypt, because crypto is becoming the way to fund these ideas. Yeah. That's a good yeah. sign, right? Yeah. And I think uh, um, seeing what happened with the Canadian trucker thing right. um, was a wake-up call for a lot of people, right? Even the BT, BTC maxis, I think, get a little bit uncomfortable when they see what happened uh, it, with those guys, you know? Yeah, it's extremely hard to ignore. I, what is their – I think their argument is what the Bitcoin has the liquidity, so it's, it's like worth attempting yeah. to use it anyway. And then I think they say, well, well it's going to get fixed, like – yeah. Like second layer solutions. That's what they always, that's their like go to is like it'll get fixed. But the thing is, like, that's what BTC kind of like one of the selling points of is it's like glacial, right? It, it doesn't change and they're so loath to change anything with the base layer. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a dev, It's, it's like catching, you're a surfer. Yeah, yeah. I see it's like, it's like catching a wave, right? Waves come in sets right. and like you got you got to catch the right, like, there's the first one, but that wasn't, wasn't the right wave. Right. You know, like Bitminer, it's a lot of it, I think, has to do with, with timing, right? Yeah. So you needed Bitcoin to happen for Monero yeah. to be oh, discovered I'm and launched. Bitcoin offered that initial trust so you could see the, yeah. the ledger. The transparency was right. necessary for the first step. Right. Yeah. Like if you're going to show somebody the light, you're not just going to, you know, you got to slowly expose them to it before you just shine it in their eyes. Yeah. So now people have gained trust in that basic technology. Right. And now they're ready for the next layer of extraction. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sold. <laughs> Let's make it happen. All right, brother. I'll, this is, I'll let you go, man. I, this ended up being quite, quite the conversation. Yeah, it was good to talk to you. You enjoyed the coffee? I did. It's very good. Just give, me a little, give me a little pep. All right. Cool, man. Thanks.
All right, we are at the Libertarian Convention in Nevada, and I'm here with Dan. Taxation is theft. Berman, what's going on, man? How's it going? It's it's uh, it's going awesome. <laughs> so I am told that you are the guy to talk to with regards to cryptocurrency. I came here on behalf of Monero cryptocurrency. We could get into that, but I I really came to try to understand what the general sentiment is among the libertarian community. And I'm told you might have some good insight. I, mean, I can't, I can't speak for other libertarians, but I can say Monero looks pretty awesome to me. Um, can, like, so there's lots of cryptos out there. Um, Bitcoin, I see, is kind of like, it's it was the first to market. I think that's kind of the king. But I like the privacy um, that Monero has. So like I've been looking at that and kind of getting into that. I'm still trying to figure out how to set up my wallet. But okay, we I can... see that as like that. Like I see that as like the next big step. Like I see like. Ethereum had some cool things to it, but like, yeah, I don't know. There's, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll send you some Monero. We'll get you set up. Or do you have any, do you hold any crypto like natively on your yeah. smartphone? Yeah. So I have, a, I have a wallet that's got like all my stuff in there. The wallet I have doesn't support Monero because like, and I tried setting up the, I don't know. I, man, long story. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll get you using Monero.com wallet. That's the one we prefer. You hold your own keys on your phone. But we'll, we'll get to that. So right. what what do you, would you say then is the sentiment with regards to Monero in the in the libertarian world? I know you said everybody obviously has their own opinion, but is is it something that's talked about in the libertarian community? Um, yes, um, I have heard people talk about it. Um, I know there's a lot of concern because of government regulation getting into it because it's like, oh, this provides actual privacy. We can't have that. <laughs> you know, we need, we need to be able to monitor all your transactions. Um, so that's kind of I know it's a concern for a lot of people. Um, but for other people, it's like, no, that's the good thing. Like it's it's kind of like, okay, how do we weigh this out? We have additional security or we have government regulation that's going to interfere with us. And it's like, well, if it's on the blockchain, it's like, who can, we don't, like, why do we care what the government thinks at the end of the day? Right. Are, are most libertarians against regulation in pretty much in general? Yes. The problem is a lot of libertarians like to follow the, the, the regulations until the regulations change. So a lot of them want to, you know, basically change the environment so that we can do things that we want to do. Um, I personally believe that's never going to happen. We need to start doing some of those things, um, accept some of the risks in doing them. Um, and, and eventually what happens is when the government realizes its laws aren't being followed, they repeal them because they want to save face. They don't want to look like, oh, we have all these laws we can't enforce. They, they look incompetent, right? We saw that with, with marijuana. I mean, like we're here in Nevada right now. It's, it's very easy, accessible to get. A couple of years ago, it, w- it wasn't necessarily the case. Potential example there. Yeah, absolutely. There was a there was a thing. Um, I'm I'm totally gonna like butcher all the facts on this, but there was a um, I want to say it was like in Thailand, they passed a law where you weren't allowed to have like like mannequins that were like too you know um, I don't know seductive or like some you know somewhere. And so all the shop owners took all their mannequins and they stuck them out on the street naked to protest this law. And the government said, okay, this is a stupid law. We can't enforce this. We can't throw all these people in jail. And they just removed the law. So it's like, like this is how we have to approach things because these people do not respect what we want. They're there to control us. They want to monitor all our transactions. Um, they want to control everything we do so that they can figure out a way to tax it and extract the value that we're creating for ourselves, um, force us into poverty and debt. That's what they're doing. And if we just say like, oh, well, we don't agree with it, but it's the law, we're gonna follow it for now. 
then it's like, you know, I mean, yeah, I get it. Do that to a certain extent, especially when the punishment is like extremely severe. But it's like at some point you got to say, like, we know they're not going to give us permission to live our lives freely. Um, we, we need to just stop. You know, uh, Martin Luther King said you, you have an obligation and a duty to disobey unjust laws. Like th there is so much history in this country that has come from civil disobedience, people disobeying unjust laws. Um, and it's like, it, I would expect that the Libertarian Party would be at the forefront of that. And I know, I should say Libertarians would be. I, I understand the party itself is like, you know, it's, it's an extension of the government. And it has to play by the rules just to exist. Um, but there's so much that we can do as individuals to just say, like, like we're not going to take this. This is nonsense. You don't have the, the right or the authority. And we're going to, you know, we, we, have to, we have to stand our ground and fight this. Yeah, that, that's really what the cypherpunk ideal is, the crypto anarchist ideal, right? It's, it's create technology that the government essentially can't regulate and can't stop. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So do you think, uh, do you, is that how you kind of um, assess your cryptocurrencies? Or what, what do you see as the value proposition for crypto? Do you think there's multiple cryptos that might offer different things? Or are you most interested in something like a Monero that's just trying to be digital cash that can't be censored or, or stopped in any way how do you look at cryptos in general so i would say i've, I've got i've got four classes of crypto one i have bitcoin because that's kind of like you know first market it's the safest stablest i know <laughs> um relatively stablest uh most stable coin um then you have um Ethereum, which I like because it has like additional utility to it, which is kind of cool. I like I have a much smaller percentage of that. Um, Monero is kind of my next one because I, I like, you know, I like where it's going and I want to see that go further. I want to see more people use that, especially like as we get to a society where people are going to be using this to like, you know, buy a meal at a restaurant and that sort of thing. Like I, I see that as a major advantage and something we should all be looking forward to. And then my, my fourth is just the shit coins, which is like, you know, I, I just like you're a degenerate like, gambler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, <laughs> basically. Is that a common thing among libertarians as well? Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say among libertarians, but there's there's definitely a lot of us. So do you think Monero has, or in theory, can a, can a cryptocurrency exist in your belief that that won't be at some point controlled or co-opted by some authority? Do you think this, this ideal is possible? I... I think it's possible, but I think it's it's also possible in the way that it's possible for America to be a free country. Like you have to have because you have like I don't I don't know if it's susceptible to like a 51 percent attack or, or that sort of thing. But it's like you have to have people who believe in something and support it. Right. Um, if you have you know, most of America doesn't believe in supporting freedom anymore. And because of that, we're losing our freedom constantly. Right. They come out with a new law and we're just like, OK, we're you know, we're not going to defend our freedom. Um, you know, and it's even the people who are like hoarding guns to defend themselves against the government will not stand up to the government and say, you're not going to take this freedom from me. Um, we, we like we lost that. And so in the same way, I think it's possible with crypto. If you just have a small handful of people and you have major corporations that are able to set up like massive server farms to like take over the entire network, then it's like, yeah, you can totally lose control of it. Um, but you have, and I get it. There's, you know, there's like different, like, you know, proof of stake and, and like, you know, not so much compute power type. You know, I, I don't know all the technical details, all that kind of stuff, but like I get it. There's like alternative kind of theories to that. But at the end of the day, I, I think it is something that 
if if this is something that gives us freedom, we have to be willing to protect it. And if we don't, we could lose it. Do you think it, it is, you know, aligned with the ideals of America or you, do, you, do you think at this point in time there is a stand there is some ground for the government to stand on as to why they might be able to regulate it? Is there even any justification there? Um, I don't think there's any constitutional authority to it. I don't think there's any moral authority to it. I think the only reason they want to do it is because they want to monitor our transactions. They don't want to do it to prevent crime. Right. Like they say, like all this anti-money laundering, you know, stuff is going on. They say it's to protect money laundering because money laundering is is like that's how criminals get their money. It's like, well, why don't you go after the criminals? Like you're you're going after the money and where it's going. And it's like that money is going to go where it's going no matter what. You're not stopping any crime by doing that. You're interfering with innocent people's lives. Um, just because they're transferring money from one place to another. And the only reason that you can justify that they would be doing that for so many millions of people, billions if you consider that the United States government is like, their KYC policies are affecting the rest of the world. I went to I went to Jamaica and asked them, hey, how can I open a, um, a stockbroker um, uh, account mm-hmm. at, at, in the Jamaican stock market? Yeah. They said, well, you're an American, so the first thing you have to do is you have to fill out a W-4 form. An IRS tax form in Jamaica, a sovereign nation, right? Why? Because the long arm of the United States. Exactly. So, so the only possible justification they can actually have for this, since we know it doesn't work at stopping criminals, is they want to know where money is moving so they can tax it. That's it. This is a heist. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. So Monero obviously exists. We tell those, you know, the, the only thing that can stop Monero is this idea that Monero can be stopped. And all we have to do is start using it. Do you, what do you see as the barriers for that to happen? And is it possible? Like, so libertarians, there's there's a, there's a nice group of people here. I think if if information got out there, most of them w- would agree that you know, and if if they start to understand it, would agree that Monero is a good tool for this. But is that enough? We'll be able to get to the point where the general population understands that that need will they ever understand the need for digital cash so uh i'd probably defer to the 80 20 rule on this 80 percent of the people are never going to understand the complexity of it they're never going to be people who who are custodians of their own private keys um and so they're going to have wallets and of course you know if you have your monero and it's in Bit, um, coinbase or something like that it's like you're not benefiting from all that security and it's the same thing with um, uh, with Bitcoin or anything else, right? Um, they've got debit cards now, which are supposedly supposed to, you know, run from one account to the other, but you still have to convert from your crypto to some, either a stable coin or to, to cash first. So it's like, it's like we're, there's still like so many layers in between us and we can overcome a few of those. But at the end of the day, there are so many people like who just like habitually lose their keys, their wallet, their cell phone and everything else. Like, they're not going to keep a lot of money in there. They're going to keep money in their custodial account. Now, if they want to keep their, you know, most of their money in a custodial account and then they have like their cell phone and they just transfer a couple hundred dollars in there and they get used to that and like maybe they lose it every once in a while. Yeah, some people might do that. Some people might say, hey, I lost five bucks. I'm never going to do that again. So I, I think there's there's a lot of different types of people to consider. Um, and, you know, right now we're, we have systems where 
where we have we have banks to fall like banks are safety nets like somebody steals your credit card and they run it up like you get your money back from the bank like we have this extra layer of protection that we don't have with crypto and i think for a lot of people that's the biggest benefit for them so there it's going to be hard to get them to switch but if you can offer them that safe same safety and security in a way that they can transact with everybody else who is holding their own keys then i think that's kind of how you can get to a point where you can reach mass adoption and get people off of fiat do you see there being any potential catalysts that give people the inertia to overcome that initial friction? So like, oh, it might be it might be a, a little bit more difficult to use Monero than, say, Venmo, although I think we're getting pretty close. But there is a friction there. Uh, do you predict there might be any some catalysts that would push people over the edge willing to, you know, spend more than a minute looking at it to understand it to be like oh you know what it might be worth using this even though it's a little bit more difficult than venmo do you see there being any potential things that will initiate people towards doing that yeah i think um the the biggest barrier to entry for a lot of people is they have to be able to like seamlessly transition from the systems they're currently using into crypto systems so they have to be able to go to the grocery store and swipe a card or do whatever you know whatever it is if the grocery store doesn't accept any kind of crypto they're they're not going to be interested because i can't buy groceries with these it's the same thing you know when everyone was going for the gold standard or for gold coins and everything like i can't spend that i can't eat that i can't buy anything with it um so we have to like and, and i think like this is totally a great opportunity we have like it's only a handful of of pos systems that that do the transaction systems for that. And so if you were to update those and get these POS systems to start accepting crypto, then it's like instantly you have millions of stores that now accept crypto and they can, you know, automatically convert it or something like that. Um, you do that and then, you know, you start getting people to use the crypto systems and then it's like, oh, well, I mean, if I can use it here, why don't I, why don't I get paid in this? Or why don't I, you know, transfer my money here or something like that? Um, and, and I think also because of the, the history of the U.S. dollar and its safest investment and all this, like people are going to need to see that um, I, I think crypto is going to need to get a little bit more stable before a lot of people are more comfortable switching their money there. And the U.S. dollar is going to have to get a lot more unstable before, you know, more people. It's going to it's going to take time. But I think every day more people are converting and these tools would just kind of help catalyze more people to, to switch faster. How about the taxation is theft? concept right so do you think that's something that goes more mainstream obviously you know it's kind of what this it was very part of the early days of the founding of this country everybody you know kind of kind of believe that right we have the the boston tea party do you think we get a, a more mainstream vigor with this idea of taxation being theft does it remain niche or is it something that people start to glom onto and realize taxation is theft inflation is theft and then because of that they 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 then take the step of using something like cryptocurrency um yes i think um so for a lot of people taxes yes but if you're still working for a major corporation like they're not going to start paying you in crypto um, if you're if you're doing exchanges with other friends, you might do it in cash anyway, or even with Venmo in small enough amounts that you know it doesn't get reported to the IRS. You're not paying taxes, so I think we still have a lot of the same systems. If you're 
working for the same people to get a big salary job for a big corporation, even if they did start paying you in crypto, they're going to report it to the IRS and you're going to be paying taxes on it. So, so that's a completely separate issue. Um, but as far as this, like as, as the government continues to increase like what they're taxing and how much they're taxing people, more people are waking up to the reality that taxation is theft. Um, even the people who are demanding more taxes for the wealthy, like they're starting to get it that at some point, like, oh, wait, 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 you said you were raising taxes on the wealthy. Why are my taxes going up? Why am, why are things more expensive for me? They're starting to get it. So, um, so I, I think a lot of people are coming around to that. It's still not as many people as we need. Um, we need to make that happen faster. We need more people to help. Um, educate people to like how this actually works um, as far as like using crypto as a hedge against inflation that's a tough one because ultimately a lot of people don't really understand inflation especially when they can look at their bank account and they're like no it's got a number in there right or oh I'm getting a raise because of inflation like everything kind of like seems to inflate with them together whereas when they look at crypto it's like no that goes up and down every day why would i want to invest in that and they don't even understand that like well actually the dollar is going up and down every day if you look at the foreign exchange market so um it's it's really a matter of perception of the information that's put in front of them and how they interpret it so i think there's that's going to be a tough one and that's going to take a completely different angle for for people to be educated and understand that, hey, this is, and, and it's going to have to, to, to stable, you know, become a little bit more stable because, you know, as it's going up and down, people aren't going to like, why would I buy it today? What if it goes down? Like once we're past all that, yes, it's going to be, it's going to be no question. People are just going to jump in. But as long as that's going on, it's going to be difficult for a lot of people. How about the elimination of physical cash? Do you see that as a potential catalyst? Um, if that were to happen by the government? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually don't advocate for that because I like, I mean, I like paper, right? Like, I mean, I know it's worthless, but at the end of the day, it makes transactions easier. I mean, it's like, it's more anonymous than, um, than, um, you know, any crypto that's out there. Um, because you take it out of an ATM and like you give it to somebody else and there's no, there's no paper trail at all. Um, and, and I get it. Monero is kind of like trying to do the same thing, but at the same time, what happens when the entire power grid goes out, which some of the places I live in Mexico, that's normal, right? So, um, so sometimes you lose touch with the network and it's like, during that time, you can't exchange electronic currencies. So paper is a good, it's a good backup to have. Um, I don't like having paper that's, that's controlled centrally by the government, um, but you know, and I don't know. But do you, think pa- I th- do you think paper will effectively disappear? I mean, it's, it's already gotten pretty extreme. I would say if that were to happen, that would be scary. Because if the network goes down or if the power goes out or like whatever happens, like we've got nothing. Like, so I think it's a good thing to fall back on. I think it's, you know, it's like gold, right? Nobody runs like people who collect gold um, as a hedge. They don't run around spending it every day, but they have it just in case. And if the shit hits the fan, you know, they, some people trade silver, some people trade ammo or alcohol or like, like you have things of value that you can trade. Um, and, and that's kind of like the, you know, the idea of paper is like, even if we're bartering with bullets, like paper's still better because it's more liquid. Like more people can, you know, that, that was the whole uh, point of the creation of paper. So I think it's better to fall back to that than to be forced to fall back all the way to barter. So what motivates you, man? I mean, you're out here, you got your crazy hat. I got my crazy hat. You're obviously a very passionate person. You're on a mission. What is your mission and what keeps you motivated towards that mission? Um, man, I just want, like, I'm, I think the simplest way to explain it is I'm sick of seeing people oppressed, mostly by government, 
Um, and a lot of people don't even realize that that's where the oppression is coming from because at the same time they're being oppressed, their oppressor is telling them, I'm protecting you. And I'm trying to wake people up to that, to that reality, because until you recognize who your oppressor is, you can't stop them from oppressing you. Awesome, Matt. Where can people learn more about you, follow you, check you out? Um, I've got my merch store, taxationstheft.info. Uh, my personal page is Dan Berman, excuse me, I don't even know, danforfreedom.org. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, I'm, I've got a million different projects going on, so I try to link them all to danforfreedom.org. Um, we have a wine we're selling, um, uh, Blood of Tyrants. Uh, we have a million different projects. A lot of them are educational based and, and trying to change the way that just the public thinks about the role of government, because that's ultimately where change is going to come from. It's not going to come from new politicians with new ideas. It's going to come from the people understanding that the government, what the government is doing is oppressive and we need to change that. You have a podcast? Um, I do. I haven't podcasted in a while, but it's Taxation is Theft. Um, it's on YouTube, youtube.com slash taxation is theft. It's also on all the major podcast uh, places as taxation is theft. And, um, we we're on a Roku channel also, which is um, regional regional prime television. So what's the deal with the wine thing? Um, it's it's the blood of tyrants. So the tree of liberty must be watered from time to time with the blood of tyrants, and we have the blood of tyrants, so you can water the tree of liberty. Um, it, it tastes it tastes like freedom. Would would you be willing to sell a bottle for Monero? Um, I can't sell you a bottle, but what I can sell you is a token and the token comes with a free bottle oh that's well that, that sounds like an even better deal I get yeah two things. yeah perfect <laughs> so i'll do it you have what do you have you have an iphone um i do well i gotta set my wallet first okay so know. we'll we'll do that offline yeah. <laughs> and uh i'm sure it will work out just fine thank you so much man greatly yeah. appreciate it absolutely thank you all right, we are still at the Libertarian Convention, and we, we're, we're working our way up the ladder, I feel like. We're, we've arrived now at Jeremy Kaufman. What's yeah. going on, man? Yeah, it's, it's great to be here. It's my first Libertarian Convention. Really? I would think you're like uh, an old school... No, I'm, I'm not. I mean, I've been a free stater for Free State uh, Caucus I'm representing here. Uh, I've been a free stater for, I guess, approaching a decade. But I've, I've actually never, I haven't been super involved with the LP until just maybe two or three years ago. Uh, so it's really fun to be around so many libertarians. I will, I will enjoy that part. The convention and all the fucking, sorry, uh, all the like uh, drama about votes and it's very slow and boring. But I like seeing all the people. That part's a lot of fun. You want to quickly explain the drama that's going on? I don't, you don't have to get too much into it. But if you could quickly explain to the viewers. Sure. Well, um, there's, it's, I mean, it's elections, it's, it's politics. There's, there's various factions and, and people who are, uh, you know, trying to, to get elected and have various, uh, you know, positions. But sometimes what they do is they, they, you know, make these motions and you have to vote on the motions and, and people do this, like, you know, the, some people want to grandstand and give these talks and, uh, and it's, so it ends up being very slow and people, the, a lot of times the votes have to be counted like manually. So, I, I don't think, if, if you're the kind of person who finds this specific part of it, like, a fun time, I don't think you're a normal person. Um, <laughs> Which goes for most people here. <laughs> True, and maybe I'm not either. Uh, but, but I love being around all the, all the libertarians. It's, um, it's, you get to see all these people have these conversations. And this is important. When I'm, 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 like, dragging it. I'm not saying that it's not important. It's important. I want to see the best possible people in charge of uh, the party. I want to see the best possible uh, libertarian party. So I'm not trying to you know, say like, act like this stuff doesn't matter. Just not exactly my, my cup of tea. Yeah. So you're running, you're running for office. You're running for U.S. Senate. 
you have any any shot? I ran for U.S. Congress back in New York as a, as a Republican, so I, I have an idea of what all this entails. What are your prospects look like? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm, New Hampshire is the most libertarian state in the country. Uh, there's a very dense network of libertarians there. There's a bunch of free staters who are you know, working on the campaign, full credit to them. I think that if there's any state where libertarians can win, it's going to be New Hampshire. I do think the Libertarian Party, I think it is realistically, it's tough to go from 2 or 3% to, to 50% in a year. Um, but I do think we can have a record-breaking uh, turnout. Like, that's kind of what... I think there's other ways that we can win. I think we can influence the race. I think that we can cause certain things to be talked about. Um, that's honestly a big part of why I, I wanted to be involved with the Libertarian Party again, was because... I think the Libertarian Party's job is to be representing the Libertarian perspective, and I felt that at times it, it was a little bit, you know, kind of weak in that. And that's I'm I'm excited for some of the new people that are, you know, that are coming in. Um, but yeah, we're, look, we're gonna make some noise. We've already put out I put out a couple of campaign ads. One is called "War Is Gay," and the other one is called "Power to the Lizard People." I think it's called. Um, they've been very well uh, received. I think um, like hundreds of thousands of views on the on the "War Is Gay" ad. Um, you know, not paying for any of that, just kind of going, uh, you know, viral on the own. And so that's that's definitely part of what uh, I want to do is I want to make sure that the libertarian message is is getting out there. Um, and I hope that uh, that can lead to in time, hopefully this year. But even if it takes five years, ten years to be getting more, um, you know, momentum um, and attachment to to the brand of libertarianism. Yeah, man, I, I have a lot of respect for you. You know, I, I look around, I'm like, I'm always looking around, I'm like, where are the real, true, liberty-loving people? Yeah. And then I met you, and I was like, that guy, he's, he's one of those guys. Yeah. Like, wh- where, does that, where does that come from? Have you always been that way? I think I kind of have, which is also part of why I'm big on the, the free state stuff. Like, if you talk to a lot of people who became, and you've been to the pork vest. So, yeah, amazing. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, it's, I mean, uh, even more libertarians than, than here. Um, and it feels really good to be around a bunch of people who share your values and, and think in a way that's similar to you. But if you talk to a lot of libertarians and you say, well, well how did you become a libertarian? Like, they generally point to, like, either it was a book or it might have been a speaker. And they're like, once I started hearing these ideas, they clicked with me. They resonated with me. I was like, this is, you know, they're like, this is my stuff. This is, you know. Um, and yet there are a lot of people you can show the same exact stuff to. They're not persuaded by it at all. They're not moved um, to become a libertarian. And so I think, like, this libertarians, it's, it's tough. We want to believe that our ideas are the best and everyone should um, believe them. But then if you're, like, I think it's possible that there are some people who just aren't libertarians. Yeah, are, are there enough of us, ultimately? Well, there's enough of us that we can, we deserve a, a homeland. There's enough of us that we deserve a libertarian uh, place, a libertarian a city or a libertarian society, you know, society of some kind. I'm not, and I wouldn't expect it to be utopian, but there's, uh, it's a very large world, ha- and there's millions of libertarians. How can there not be some space where libertarians are allowed to live closer to the way that they want to be uh, living? And p- that's why I'm a free stater. It's why I moved to New Hampshire, because if you recognize that, hey, you know, we're probably not going to win at the national level, but there are millions of us who really believe these things, and they've been concentrating in New Hampshire. Um, more than 6,000 libertarians have moved to New Hampshire explicitly to make the state more libertarian. And it's working. I mean, there's like 100 elected libertarians in uh, not big L party libertarians, but they vote as libertarian as Gary Johnson does. They vote as libertarian as Justin Amash does, you know, and there's more than 100 of them that are elected. And a lot of that has happened through this movement. 
And so to me, it gives, I, I have optimism for liberty in the state of New Hampshire. I don't have optimism for the future of liberty uh, so much for the United States. Right, that was my, my next question. I mean, obviously things are kind of seemingly worse than at least at least in our in our lifetime right yeah. in terms of what we're feeling with you know tyrannical the the the, the wrath of a tyrannical government uh, but do you think that can go mainstream a little bit there'll be some catalyst that will wake up the mainstream and and turn them towards liberty yeah look this is this is a, a cynical view of things but i think it's the truth i think most people do not have strongly held political preferences i think most people go along to get along and if those people if those people were in a libertarian society they'd be libertarians if those people were in a communist society they'd be communists i mean this is how this this is part of why the state and dystopian societies have been able historically to do such terrible things because this is how most people are they, you know, about when the when it really starts to hit them in the pocket right so taxation is theft inflation is theft it's like never more obvious than ever do you see that waking up you know average joe be like yeah i'm not gonna take it anymore i think you can wake up some people i mean you could look at someone like ron paul who probably woke up more people than than anyone else but what was the ceiling of what he did i would hope yes look i hope i'm not trying to be like a pessimist i'm trying i'm trying to be a realist i think it's possible i'm not gonna say rule it out like look i would love it like i'm a i'm a big dave smith supporter i think dave smith is very energizing i think he he puts he's he's funny and he can put a message out there in a way that that is more likely to convince the average guy than anyone i'm still if, if you if i had to put a bet on it like it, i'd still kind of bet bet against it i'll support it i'll do the work whatever but like i you know i think it's more realistic that like we know that there's enough of us today um, and like that, that rather than holding out for this moment, like there's a lot of libertarians who said, oh, you know, if we ever have this moment of the government being tyranny, you know, really tyrannous or really bad, you know, people will wake up. And be, that's not we just had this happen during COVID. We just saw the government do the craziest stuff to its own citizens that the government has ever done in our in the times. Of, I think basically anyone alive. I don't know. I don't know how far back you have to go in time. So, um, uh, but like. That did not make a bunch of people more libertarians. It made it, it agitated the people who already were libertarians to get off their ass, you know, because they were pissed off. How many people did it make libertarians? I, I'm not gonna. The answer is obviously not zero. It did make some people libertarians. It did wake some people up, but like the 70 percent of Americans or something supported it. You know, they didn't. You know, and and I think that's true today. I think I don't think I think you could pull people today, and like they would not you know, espouse a libertarian answer to COVID. Do you see any other potential? Ca- I like, obviously, so this catalyst didn't work out, right? Like, like that, that would seem like an obvious one. Well, things like central bank digital currencies, taxation on unrealized capital gains. Do you think there's going to be some, some uh, mass surveillance of transactions to the degree that it actually starts to affect uh, people's lives? Do you think there'll be events like that that maybe push some people over yeah i put again events that are going to push some people over that's always going to happen it's i'm skeptical of there being well and again in the in the case of that one that's not in the case of say like cryptocurrency adoption i don't think that's in the same space as political persuasion 
political part of the challenge of political persuasion is you're forcing people to vote on things that they are imagining the outcome of. You're forcing people to vote on these predictions. It's not the same as a product that someone can pick up and use and can decide. Like I think if there was a libertarian society, it would be fairly popular. So I think it would be very successful. But you know, I, I think that um, uh, you know, so people could comparatively see that this is the result of uh, your social democracy or whatever you prefer, versus this is the result of libertarianism. In that scenario, I think libertarianism would be very popular. I, but I think democracy, you, you, you're asking people to, to vote on things that they have no ability to understand. Um, and, and so I think people are constantly manipulated, you know, lied to about these kinds of things. And it's very difficult. Um, you're, you're not going to you're not going to prove the, be able to prove them wrong. It's all theoretical. Even something like inflation, where like libertarians are right. The truth is, and again, this is like pretty cynical, but it's, like, it's beyond a lot of people to understand all this stuff. It just is. You know, people will start using. I think blockchain can succeed because people will just be able to pick it up and start using it. And they don't like if blockchain. If if blo the success of blockchain required people to understand the ideas of blockchain, blockchain would not be successful. Okay, and that's what libertarian. That's part of the struggle that libertarianism has, or good policy in general has, is it requires people to understand it, rather than it's like if you needed to understand how a car worked in order to drive it. No, it's like no, you want something that people can pick up. Well, how about just understanding the philosophy behind it? So like digital cash, understanding like oh that gives me liberty to transact freely, without censorship, without surveillance. Do you think those things can go mainstream? Yes, definitely, but it's about people picking it up and understanding that this is, I like this. It's like handing someone an iPhone. You know, it's, oh, this is cool, I can do all this stuff. You know, it's, so, like, the more it gets to that level, it, it, in the beginning stages, it required people to understand the theoretical implications and, and predict this stuff. And now, the, the and I think it, blockchain is already making this leap, but now it's got to sort of cross that, that gap from something that people, you know, believe in and understand the implications of to something that, because to go fully mainstream, people just have to be able to pick up and use it. It has to benefit in some way. They have to understand that this is going to save me money, or this is going to have whatever properties it is, that if I put my money in this, I won't lose 10% a year to the government. You know, they have to understand, there has to be something that is tangible and understandable. They don't have to understand how it provides those things, uh, but they have to, there has to be something that's providing. And, and if, it, if you're meeting that test, then it'll go mainstream. What really motivated me to come here was to actually just talk to libertarians and understand actually why there isn't more Monero adoption here. Like, are, are they aware of it? Are they aware of it, but they don't care about it? Are they aware of it, but they have criticism and they're not adopting it? Because I just feel like it's, it's kind of a match made in heaven. Yeah. It's this technology that all they have to do is start using it, and it will fulfill some of the, the ideals that they want to achieve very easily if they all just collectively use it. What do you do? You, is there a disconnect there? Are they using it? What's? Uh, yeah, I mean, so I agree with you. Uh, in terms of here, well, I haven't seen a ton of vending, so I actually don't even know. I, I actually would have guessed if people were vending that they would take cryptocurrency. Well, like the general libertarian, is he is he aware of Monero? Is he into Monero? Is he just aware of crypto in general? Does he care about digital cash? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think liber I think libertarians and cryptocurrency, uh, especially the early adopters, I think there's a ton of overlap between those two communities. I know in New Hampshire, uh, you know, we have these sort of like agorist meetups, these community meetups where people are trading goods or selling services, and everyone at those takes crypto. I mean, I, I, I buy um, uh, beef from a local farm, and I pay them in Bitcoin. So, um, 
yeah, there's a ton of there's a ton of adoption. Uh, there's we go to meetups. People pay their checks in crypto. You know, it's hard. One of the things that does is still a struggle for crypto is it, it meeting that test that I was saying about like, is this just better? Is this and, and, and so you know if you if you want to get merchants and so on, it's like it's got to be better than a credit card. You know, it's got to be better. There's got to be a reason. Or if you want consumers to use it, you know, hey, if I pull out my credit card, I get two percent cash back. You know, why am I supposed to use this thing? And you can for libertarians, you can appeal to the ideals, but appealing to the ideals won't get you to the mainstream. Appealing to the ideals can get something started. But if you want to get to the mainstream, you've got to appeal to to benefit. There's got to be a clear benefit to, to people using it. How about just Monero in particular, or privacy coins in particular? Like you said, you, you're using Bitcoin to buy your meat from the from the local farmer. Why aren't you using Monero? Uh, I don't know. They probably don't. They probably don't take it. Um, I, Which guy is it? I think was he is he at Porkfest? Is he the guy that makes the was making the amazing burgers at, at Porkfest? Uh, I'm I'm, th- I'm talking of Bardo Farm specifically. I'm pro- I'm probably gonna get Paul yeah. called out. Someone's gonna watch this movie. Jeremy's gonna be like, Jeremy Bardo takes Monero. Yeah, yeah, he because de- he does. If that's the guy, he definitely does. I, I don't think it's that guy, but it actually wouldn't surprise me if they do take Monero, and I'm just uh, I'm just not using it. Uh, I do have some Monero, but I don't I don't actually carry the Monero around on my phone, and and so that's I'm not it's not I'm not in the habit. So simple as that. It's just because you're already a Bitcoin user, you just there's not enough reason for you to start using Monero. Yeah, Bitcoin's like the only one. I just carry. I have some Bitcoin on my phone, so it's like kind of like having cash in your wallet. And if I, if I I'm not. But the, the traceability of it, or you're not so concerned about that you think it's not as big of an issue as monero people make it out to be no i i think the properties of of monero or or zcash or the other ones in this space um i think they're theoretically better i think it makes sense um i this is and this is a good question i don't know the answer you but i think you've got to be looking to sort of like user experience or branding type things as to why this is i i do not think success will come from getting people to understand implications the ceiling of that is low of how many people you can get and so you need to be you know there needs to be tangible benefit to the buyer or the seller as to why they should use this thing and i actually think privacy isn't sufficient not for everyday purchasing i think monero could become the standard for or similar things could be the standard for purchasing things that people are where they're especially concerned about privacy. And I'm not suggesting something illegal necessarily, but there are just certain goods that people have a lot of privacy conscious around whether they purchase them. Maybe things in that space, maybe things that are illegal. Uh, You know, I think like, you, you, you know, that's what you'd be, you'd be looking at things in that direction as to who, who is benefiting from it today. Um, I don't know. I, I, I want, I want to. Like we, we see stores that, like, cash is king, right? People would prefer to get paid in cash than with credit card or Venmo. I mean, traditionally. I, that's changing among young people. They don't really realize the difference. But there is those business people that run small businesses rather receive cash than, you know, use credit card transactions. Why won't there be that same desire for something like Monero, which is then more cash-like? Yeah, I, I hope that they will be. I'm not ruling it out. But, like, we've been on this r- road for however many years, probably at least five. You know, like, um, I, I, I hope maybe maybe the graph says it's accelerating and it's on the way. I don't know. You'd okay. have to kind of, yeah. like, look at the data. I would hope that it happens. Definitely in the dark markets, but, yeah. those are, you know, that's that's a niche a niche area. Right. Well, I mean, I think, like, it it does kind of show that you have the best fundamentals. And I think if you have the best fundamentals, 
that is the most likely thing to cause you to, to, to sort of moving up from there over over time. I don't so I don't I don't think that's a bad thing. The whole point of these things is supposed to be that they have the properties of digital cash, the upsides and the downsides. Um, and so that I think it's a it's you know some some people don't like this idea of you know of, like, talking about cryptocurrency being used to do illegal things. Now, I'm not encouraging illegal activity, but I think if a cryptocurrency is being used to do things that are illegal, that's like possibly a testament to the tech. You know, I don't think that's necessarily a bad a strike against it. You know. So you're running for U.S. Senate. What do you what do you think the policy should be in the United States with regards to cryptocurrency, Monero, Bitcoin, whatever? No, get the government out of it. I mean, I want the government. I want all finan- anything related to financial um, things to be strongly deregulated, essentially entirely deregulated by the government. I would like to see free banking, uh, where it's completely legal to mint private currencies for there to be currency competition. Do you think laws need to be passed for this, or it's just less things need to be done? Uh, most, uh, mostly you need to abolish laws. Um, you don't need to pass new ones. You need to get rid of the rules that are there that prevent this stuff. Um, and I think government control over the finance, over finance, over the finance, and I, I don't, uh, just literally, like, everything from the Fed and, and stuff that goes on there with money printing, um, but to how banks are regulated, credit cards are regulated, you know, this kind of thing. Even if you, I mean, if you look at something that Bitcoin does, and blockchain is genuinely innovative, but if JP Morgan were allowed to provide a service that said, we provide anonymous bank, anonymous cash bank accounts. It's like anyone can create one, and it's just a password. And if you have the password, you can move your funds from bank account to bank account. JP Morgan would be happy to provide that service. Lots of banks would be happy. That service is illegal. Bitcoin is able to provide it. <laughs> That's what Bitcoin is, and, or, or Monero, same idea, all of these things. That's what they are. Um, and it's illegal for that to be provided by people as a service. I think that's crazy. Um, you know, I think we should be deregulating all this stuff um, and, and let the, the free market work, let free markets work. Do you think there's any risk that Monero might be overregulated by the United States government or ultimately uh, will move in the direction of where they'll allow people to transact freely, no capital gains tax? If people want to accept Monero, they could accept Monero kind of status quo what's currently being done what's your take on that yeah. well one it's already overregulated, <laughs> but uh i think it's i think there's a very real risk of even worse regulations i'm actually an optimist on on this one because this is a case like i'm not I, this is a case where democracy actually creates good outcomes uh, democracy tends to reward um loud special interests who really care about something um they tend to get what they want in a democracy if there's not some opposing force um, and in the case of cryptocurrency, there are a lot of people who are very into it, who really want to see certain things. And there's not really an opposing force. The banks aren't that strong. Like, they might want some regulations, the cryptocurrency industry wouldn't and so on. But, like, there's not an equivalent um, entity, except aside from maybe the government itself, which would be, and, and of course, that's, that's a big concern. But, like, there's no coalition of people. But there, there's obviously powerful forces behind the government itself that gain from things like overregulation of, you know, um, regulating, uh, you know, money laundering, regulating those types of things, right? Totally. But we, one of the reasons we see, one of the reasons we see more and more politicians talking about cryptocurrency and adopting it is because politicians are narcissistic panderers for the most part and and there they see that there's a lot of people who care about this and so they start talking about it well like 
okay. So like that's going to mean that politicians who do that are more likely to get elected. Like there's no reason, there's no strong reason for a politician to be very anti-blockchain. What what base is that satisfying? Who cares about that? So yes, it makes sense. If the government could somehow think about itself, it makes sense for the government to be against cryptocurrency. Like Senator Warren, right, is pretty adamantly against it. There's some, but that's not, like, there's some. There's not that many. There are actually more that are pro currently. And you see, and it's not even a partisan thing. You see Democrats who are talking, you know, so it's Republicans and Democrats who talk positively about cryptocurrency. So, um, like, the government's going to government. It likes to put its fingers in things. Politicians like to reward special interests and so on. But I think the kind of like strong anti-crypto regulation i actually think it's pretty unlikely for for these that that's my prediction for, for the awesome man where can people learn more about you anything else you want to bring up uh yeah i mean I, I hope if you're not watching this video on odyssey that you go over to odyssey follow monero talk on odyssey um great place to find lots of cryptocurrency content if you want to support my campaign uh you can go to uh kaufman uh, number four nh uh, dot com. If you want to follow me personally, I'm also very active on Twitter under my full name, Jeremy Kaufman. Anything new coming down the pipe with Odyssey and what's going on with the the lawsuit? Uh, I can't I can't really get into that stuff. So let's let's just say there is big stuff coming down the pipe. But I want to get we, we, all right. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, Thank you yeah. so much for your time, man. We love Odyssey yeah. and love what you're doing over there in New Hampshire. All right, day three at the National Libertarian Convention, having so many amazing conversations, and I haven't stopped to video any of them, okay. but I wanted to do that cool. with you, sir. You have some opinions on cryptocurrency and privacy coins in particular. What, what's your take? Uh, yeah, you know, I first got involved in Bitcoin um, years back, and um, Bitcoin, unfortunately, is not private. Uh, neither are most cryptocurrencies. There's only a small handful of cryptocurrencies that are private, and private by default, which means you don't have to turn the privacy feature on and off. It's always private. And the most popular of those cryptocurrencies is Monero. And if, uh, if, if, if we converted over to Monero, it would bring us a long way towards establishing a libertarian society. Yeah, so why aren't more libertarians already as gaga over Monero as people like me and you are? Like, what's, what's the disconnect there? I think a lot of them don't know about it. Uh, a lot of them don't know about it. And, you know, there's libertarians of different ages and some of the older libertarians are less knowledgeable about cryptocurrency. And there have been some libertarians who've talked about cryptocurrency, but I just don't think they they know a lot about it. You know, they've heard of Bitcoin or Ethereum or something like that. But a lot of them just don't know about Monero. And uh, I've been actually working, trying to change that myself. I was actually the person who got the Libertarian National Committee to accept donations in uh, Bitcoins uh, several years ago. Uh, I was posting about it online and an LNC at large rep saw my post and liked it. So they took it to the LNC for a vote. And there were some naysayers on the LNC who didn't believe in Bitcoin. But we went back and forth. We had some debate and I, I, I hooked them up with a company that converts Bitcoin into Federal Reserve notes so they can uh, report it to the Federal Elections Commission. And they, they passed it. It ended up being a big success for the Libertarian Party. It helped the party, you know, raise a lot of money that it wouldn't have raised otherwise. And I've been trying uh, for the last few years to lobby the LNC to accept donations in altcoins, which are any cryptocurrency that's not Bitcoin. And uh, so far they haven't done it, unfortunately, but hopefully we'll get that, you know, we'll get them to do it soon. 
Yeah, I've been talking to a bunch of people about that today. And obviously, I'd love to see Monero added as, as a way to donate. Do you think it would be possible to have it as a way to donate anonymously if it was under the $50 threshold? Um, yeah, there are election laws, and it would have to be under a certain threshold, and we'd have to check out what those election laws are, because otherwise we're, we're going to run afoul of the FEC, and uh, that would not be good for the Libertarian Party, because we got to get candidates on the ballot and operate yeah. as a political party in the real world. Uh, but if people... It would be exciting to see the Libertarian Party take the lead there, though, right? Oh, that yeah. would... oh definitely, definitely. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to bring it up at the LNC meeting this afternoon. I'm not I'm not on the LNC, but I'm going to go to the LNC meeting. They're having a, they just elected a new national committee at the convention we're at right now, and after the convention's over, they're going to have the first LNC meeting of the new uh, national uh, uh, committee, and I'll bring it up at the meeting. Oh, we could get this done today. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll bring it up, I'll, or at least try to get the wheels in motion. But, um, yeah, even if you know, if it's under a certain amount, I, I don't think they have to declare it, but I, I don't know what that, maybe it's under 50 bucks. I, I don't know. We'd have to look that up. It might even vary from state to state. Uh, and then at the federal level, there might be a different one, but we'd have to find that out. But even if they have to convert the Monero into Federal Reserve notes, which would make it not private at that point, um, that it would still be good because it would help get the word out about Monero. You know what I mean? That, hey, the Libertarian Party is now on board with this really amazing cryptocurrency that is uh, totally decentralized and uh, totally private. You know, you don't you don't have to turn. There are some cryptocurrencies that have optional privacy where you turn it on and off. And uh, what I've heard is that about 90 percent of the people are too lazy to turn it on (laughs) or they don't know how to turn it on. So that means that a lot of the transactions can be uh, tracked. But with Monero, it's always private. You can't turn the privacy off. Yeah, and that also ties into its fungibility, right? Yeah. I mean, so it's it's not just about privacy; it's about the currency actually functioning as currency should, where every unit equals every other unit. And if you have coins that aren't private by default, there's histories attached to each transactions, and transactions start to look different from one another. Yeah, and they could they could figure out you know things through process of elimination. But with Monero, there's no, they can't do that. And I've heard that the IRS put out a bounty, like $625,000. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for anybody. When, you know when they did it? Wasn't it like a, two or three years ago? Yeah, it was a couple of years ago. Um, I think half the bounty was, they tried to claim, but then they never claimed the second part. But, I mean, bottom line is, yeah, I mean, as far as anybody knows, Monero has not been cracked in yeah. any way in terms of, being able to you know trace transactions yeah and aren't there um uh developers constantly innovating on monero to make it more private like i heard something that they increased the ring signatures something like yeah 100 percent. so the, the monero updates uh used to be every six months now mm-hmm. it's longer hasn't updated mm-hmm. in a while but there's an update coming up actually next month mm-hmm. and part of that is going from a ring size of 11 to a ring size of 16 mm-hmm. which is going to greatly improve the privacy on the ring signature component mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realize too there's more to monero's privacy than ring signatures what else is there uh so ring signatures obfuscate the sender right mm-hmm. so there's multiple people signing right mm-hmm. 11 currently and it's going to move up to 16 and you don't know who this new actual signer is mm-hmm. uh then there's confidential transactions which obfuscates the amount being sent mm-hmm. so when you go look up the monero blockchain you don't see any amounts there's mm-hmm. no amount you don't even see them and then there's stealth addresses mm-hmm. which obfuscates the receiver's address mm-hmm. so like when we just i think we just sent you some monero today on mm-hmm. monero.com you mm-hmm. showed your your address mm-hmm. uh and we we scanned it to send you your monero mm-hmm. that address that 
you can't there's nothing to even look up on the blockchain it doesn't even appear and and a unique stealth address is made with each transaction and there's nothing to then go look up on the blockchain so that's that's the basic underlying tech for monero yeah, I know a lot of people have used this to attack all cryptocurrencies, but I guess this would apply to Monero more, is that it's used by bad people for bad things. All the criminals are using it and stuff like that. But, you know, guess what, people, if you think that, the number one thing criminals use is U.S. dollars. <laughs> you know, so there's, there's, there, criminals are going to use all kinds of currencies and all the government currencies and everything else. And uh, so uh, here's another thing about Monero, and that is that, um, say, you're a business owner, and do do you want everybody to see what your account is? And and uh, if it's in Bitcoin and you're accepting do, accepting money in Bitcoin, um, everybody's going to know your transaction history, what your business is doing, who you're doing business with. But if you keep it in Monero, you keep that private. And so, yeah, can, can privacy be used for bad things? Sure, but so can anything else, you know. And it can be used for a lot of good things too. And if for some reason you don't want a transaction to be private, then go use Bitcoin or use something else. I mean, maybe you're, you have a charity and maybe you want to make sure that people donating to the charity are using the funds uh, honestly. Well, well, the that thing, would be a time to use maybe Bitcoin. Yeah. That is another misunderstding, though. So Monero is private by default, mm -hmm. but you could opt in to revealing your wallet, right? So you could, okay. you could there's a view key mm -hmm. with, each, with each wallet. There's mm -hmm. a view key. And so you can publish your view key, and then anybody can see the transactions that are coming in. Or, so, so, if a, so if a charity was accepting donations in Monero, there would still be a way to see if the, it's being done, you know, operating honestly? Yes, using okay. view keys. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's, that's to be honest, you know, that's something that Monero needs to improve on in terms mm -hmm. of how view keys function, but, mm -hmm. but that's happening as well with mm -hmm. developments. Uh, additionally, with, the, with this upgrade, we're, they're adding what's called view tags, which mm -hmm. is going to allow, essentially allow the blockchain to uh, sync a lot faster. Mm -hmm. So mobile wallets, like that wallet that you just mm -hmm. used today, Monero.com, mm -hmm. it does take, when you open it up, it does take a minute or two, especially if you use Monero, like you know, a month ago, and now you're just reopening up your wallet again, mm -hmm. you're going to have to sync and download those that month's worth of transactions mm -hmm. because of the nature of Monero. Mm -hmm. uh, but now with this new development, that should, sync time should be a lot faster. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. there's there's constant development happening in the Monero mm -hmm. uh, project. Mm -hmm. uh, what's Monero trading at right now? I haven't looked at it in a, in a few weeks. Uh, I don't know. I think it's at like 200 but I don't know. I think everything's everything's yeah, you fun. know dumping right now. Mm -hmm. uh, but Monero has actually been trending up against other cryptos in recent mm -hmm. weeks. Um, but yeah, everything's down. I think it's at like maybe one seventy. I'm not too sure. Yeah. What was it? What was it? The all time high price of Monero wasn't it like four ninety five or something like that? Or five? Yeah, I think like five hundred bucks. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think Monero has a really bright future. I think it's going to blow up. And it's probably a good investment if you're out there looking for something just to invest in. Monero's, uh, I think it's a no-brainer investment. You know, I think it's, this is, Monero's going to be really big. Yeah. You know, bigger than it already is. It already is big, yeah. but it's going to get a lot bigger. All right, Matt. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe so. I'll come to the meeting with you. Yeah, uh, yeah, how, how come. That, how does that process work? How uh, would one bring up? Yeah, uh, they have a public comment session oh, wow. at the beginning of LNC meetings. And I don't know if you're a member of the party or not, but even if you're not, you could come in and, uh, you know, I, I could just say, hey, let this guy speak, you know. And, oh. and yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can Amazing. speak in public. Yeah. yeah. Come, come to the meeting with us if you're able to. It'll be right after the convention's over. What, what, so what time is that taking place? Uh, geez, when does the convention end? Uh, I think it's going to be over. Are, are, what time are you out of here? 
Uh, we're, we're leaving pretty soon. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, it, it, the convention's still going to go on for probably another, I don't know, maybe three hours or something. Okay. So if you're not available, I'll bring it up. All right, cool. <laughs> cool, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. thanks a lot. Yeah. yeah. Libertarian Party delegate from Pennsylvania. And uh, back in 2013, I brought a proposal to then at-large LNC rep from California, uh, Starchild, who's just walking in the room right now, that the LNC should adopt... Bitcoin, donations in Bitcoin. And Starchild brought it to the LNC. There was some debate back and forth, and uh, they ended up passing it. And uh, I was the one who told then Chairman Jeffrey Neal how I hooked him up with a company that converts Bitcoin donations into Federal Reserve notes so they can report it to the FEC. And if you go on the LP.org website, the Bitcoin link is still up there, and it was a big success. So uh, today, I talked to the people at the Talk Monero uh, booth. That over there is uh, Douglas Tuma. Tuman. And Tuman. Tuman, sorry. And um, during what we were talking, I told him the story, and we said, hey, why doesn't the Libertarian Party accept donations in Monero? Uh, Monero is a decentralized, default, private cryptocurrency. It's so private that no government has been able to track and trace Monero. Uh, this could be a great tool for pushing society towards individual freedom. And um, I think the, uh, it can be uh, converted into Federal Reserve notes so that LNC can be in compliance with the, uh, the election laws. And um, back in 2019, I went to an LNC meeting in Northern Virginia, and I suggested that they accept donations of altcoins. Any, any cryptocurrency that's not Bitcoin is an altcoin, which is alternative to Bitcoin. And unfortunately, the LNC didn't act. That LNC didn't do anything with my suggestion. I'm hoping this LNC will. So I urge you to accept donations in Monero and other cryptocurrencies. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. We release new episodes every week. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube, Odyssey, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Go to MoneroTalk.live to subscribe for a full list of places where you can watch and listen. If you want to interact with us, guests, or other podcast listeners, you can follow us on Twitter. And please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps people find the show, and we are always happy to read them. So thanks so much, and we look forward to being back next week.